I'm Sue Ellaby, and today I'll be talking with Mike Jones about his role in Coily Dart Theatre's new comedy musical, And Helen, which is streaming as part of the Brighton Fringe from the 28th of May to the 27th of June, 2021. So Mike, hello. Can you say a little about the role you're playing in this new production? Hello, Sue. Uh, well, uh, the show is mainly about the, the life story of Helen Cart, but uh, I'm mainly playing the part of Sir Arthur Sullivan. But, but I do pop up uh, as one or two minor characters, as the production requires. For example, uh, one of Helen's teachers in one scene. Uh, I think most people who have some knowledge of Gilbert and Sullivan operators will know that Sullivan is the person responsible for the music content of the Gilbert and Sullivan collaboration. <laughs> I must admit that until a few years ago, I wouldn't have been sure who did what in the partnership because I wasn't really involved in any GNS work. <laughs> Such was my ignorance. In, in the role of Sullivan and in the chorus work, as far as the music's concerned, uh, I've been singing the bass line. I've not had any outright solo to sing, but I've had several duets and trios to perform in addition to the chorus work. So quite a lot to sing there, Mike. And, and of all of that, did, did any songs uh, stand out as particular favourites? Well, from a personal point of view, uh, I particularly enjoyed singing the duet, So Go To Him And Say To Him With Helen. <laughs> If for no other reason, because it was easier to sing than some, because I was singing on my own for a bit of it, and as a result, it didn't have to be quite as precise as I needed to be, as with the other musical numbers. Hey, buddy, but you never, you better not tell our MD Vicky that. <laughs> uh, there were several other songs that I enjoyed listening to, uh, and it would be unfair to pick out there anyone in particular um, amongst some really good performances, I thought. But I must admit that I have a considerable amount of admiration for the Richard and Helen duet. There, there is beauty in the bellow of the blast. <laughs> How they manage to sing it so fast and with such clarity of diction and precision amazes me. And, and Richard in that um, is Richard uh, Doily Cart. Yes, yes, of course. Oh. Yes, Richard, <laughs> Helen's husband. And uh, did you particularly find any um, especially challenging for you when you were rehearsing the songs? Uh, Probably the most challenging for me personally was probably the, the excerpt from the Mikado. So please you, sir, we, we much regret. There's the uh, tra-la-la-la-la bit, which uh, it meant I had to practice getting my tongue and mouth to move faster than it usually does. Uh, and this alongside making sure that I didn't tra instead of la at the <laughs> wrong time and ensuring that there was the correct length and emphasis of note on some of the sounds, because obviously our MD Vicky was quite particular about these things. <laughs> The track had to be delivered very precisely to fit in the music, of course, and uh, with the other members of the cast. Uh, it was the piece I probably practised the most, and when I sent it to Vicky for mixing, um, I was half expecting it to be sent back for redoing, but to my surprise it wasn't. Yeah. And, and you, you touched there on, on the precision, and obviously um, all the vocal tracks were laid down individually uh, for this show. Um, as it was recorded during lockdown when, when no one could meet up at all. So did, did, did the fact you were rehearsing and recording remotely create any particular challenges for you? 
I suppose in many respects, they were the same for nearly everybody. And uh, I, I thought it was a good idea to spend one evening with the cast trying to sort out uh, which part of the house would be best for doing the recording so that uh, we could sort out the best balance between all the cast. Um, it, it was obvious uh, that some rooms were more echoey than others and and uh, and unexpected, though perhaps now obvious thing we found out was that the, the internet connection varied considerably between people and rooms. Uh, to main a good connection in what was considered to be my best room for recording, uh, I had to use an ethernet cable to maintain the strength and reliability of the internet connection. Also, even though we, we, we had the piano music for each part given to us, in my case, when I'm learning a piece of music, I quite often like to do some note bashing on my keyboard to, to perhaps play things a little bit slower, etc., or play one or two notes over and over again. Uh, but I found I couldn't fit my keyboard into the area where I was doing my recording, so so found myself occasionally walking back and forth between rooms during recording sessions. So when you say um, you had the piano music, so you had a backing track, did you? Through yes, that's right. Yeah, Vicky provided um, uh, individual parts for us to uh, follow, and uh, that was very, very useful. And that's what we had to record against. And so how did you physically manage that when you were recording the singing track? Were you listening to the backing track in one ear and singing mm. into something else? Yeah, well, what I was doing personally was uh, I was playing um, the backing track on uh, my laptop. Uh, I had my headphones on and with a microphone and uh, I recorded uh, the actual voice onto an iPad. So right. that way I didn't have to keep switching between screens and various other things. I thought that was quite useful. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I, I think uh, we found early on another particular challenge, I suppose, um, was that we needed to practice the dialogue and couldn't simply just read it off the page uh, mm -hmm. because it seemed to lack energy at first. And, and it was a lot better when we actually sort of got into character and actually acted what we were actually saying. Uh, it helped to imagine what was going on on stage, for example. Yeah. And I think I came to realise that we actually get a lot of dialogue energy just by merely standing on a stage. And in my case, I felt that I delivered some of my dialogue a little bit better when I was actually standing up and other bits when I was actually sitting down. Right, it's interesting. And, and so maybe standing up is something um, others could think about if, if they were ever um, trying to rehearse and record something remotely. Yeah. I mean, from the experience you've had, is there any other advice you, you might think of giving anybody who, who might be going down this route? Uh, well, yes, I probably, my main bit of advice would probably be uh, not to listen too closely to the harmony line of your voice before you send it off to be mixed, actually. Because <laughs> it probably sounds very different to how you imagine it um, when you're listening to the to the music and other people's harmonies at the same time. It's like if perhaps you were on stage and you, you've got the orchestra playing and you've got other people, you've got all sound around you and then suddenly you, your voice sounds very bare and stark. Uh, I've got to admit, uh, initially it was never, I was never really happy with the result of the recorded versions and I perhaps uh, recorded more versions than I needed to because I wanted to try and do it better. Uh, it was only after I heard the first few sound mixings that Vicky did and demonstrated how well it fitted in that uh, I relaxed a bit and did fewer recordings. Yes and we probably should add that, that Vicky as well as being musical director for this was also the audio editor yes. so mixed yes. um, mixed these various vocal lines all together. It, with the piano. Yeah I did a fantastic job. Yeah 
Um, and in your role as Sullivan, um, th- throughout the show, you play Sullivan at various stages in his life, really. Um, and I- I'm just curious, did you have any experience of, of singing or performing Gilbert and Sullivan before taking part in this show? Uh well, I've got quite an extensive background in musical theatre and plays in general, uh, having been a member of several local groups over the years. But I have to admit that I'm relatively new to GNS. Uh, a few years ago, I was slowly stepping back from the usual musical fare that was being produced locally, because quite a few of the productions, I've got to admit now, uh, didn't really suit a person of my age. And at the same time, I was becoming more and more involved with brass band playing, which uh, restricted my availability for rehearsals. Uh, However, uh, I did like uh, the idea of still doing a little bit of singing and probably would have joined a local choir, but uh, the only one I was interested in uh, clashed with my brass band practice. and well, one day uh, my wife and I happened to be out for lunch with some theatre friends, and I happened to mention I was looking to do a little bit more singing. And one of them suggested I join the local GNS Society. And the best thing was, it was on a night that didn't clash with my brass band. So I thought, well, I'll give it a try. I've not done it before. And uh, that was about four years ago. Right. Uh, I've done three GNS operettas since then The Sorcerer, The Mikado, and, and Ruddy Go. And that's my uh, experience, really. Uh, I never intended to take on any principal roles, but uh, I was persuaded to take on a few. And uh, I played the eponymous Mikado a couple of years ago. You, you mentioned there that, um, sort of, as, as you got to a certain age, you, you were looking um, for, for other avenues for musical theatre yeah. and um, Gilbert and Sullivan societies often do have have uh, um, an age bias if you like towards um, older people did yeah. you find within this cast which really has some some very young um, members did you find that to be a different experience um it, it was nice to work with um, a, a wide age of range a wide age range of people I must admit um, the local group I belong to, it tends to be a, a little bit older in general. And um, sometimes, as we, I suppose we all know, we do struggle to, to get the casting right in terms of age. But uh, on this occasion, I think um, we were very, very lucky to get the group of people, or you got the, the group of people together that we did. And uh, I think uh, the voices suited the, the characters. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the, uh, the the production of Anne Helen was certainly different to any experience I'd had previously. I must admit, like for all of us, I think, because it was just recorded uh, as an audio. Um, the one thing that uh, I found that there was a, a far greater number of musical numbers than that had to be learnt uh, under normal circumstances. You know, you probably only have to learn the music of three or four chorus numbers and sing a, a few verses of the same music, and then perhaps if you're a principal, you'd you'd learn. Three Three or four solos or duets, and but here you had excerpts, um, you know, from all all the productions nearly, and there's over twenty numbers that had to be learnt uh, because every cast member had to sing their own solos, duets, etc., and as well as provide the harmony parts as well. But uh, at least we could have the, the lib and the score in front of us. <laughs> that helped considerably. Uh, overall, because of the wide range of music and operators uh, featured, I've got to admit I, I learnt uh, considerably more about the variety of music that uh, Gilbert Sullivan produced. Right. Okay. And, and uh, as well as learning about their music, did, did you learn anything new about 
Helen Cart's involvement with GNS through taking part in this particular show? <laughs> well, I will admit that before taking part in this production, I had very little knowledge of Gilbert and Sullivan as people, their history and their, their relationship, etc. And I only knew the name Doily Cart uh, because of the, the reference to the company that produced and performed GNS operators. So, uh, not unsurprisingly, I had absolutely no knowledge of Helen Cart's existence at all. <laughs> After we read through the script uh, and started rehearsing certain scenes, uh, I found uh, you couldn't help but want to find out a little bit more about all the characters. And, uh, this resulted in quite a lot of googling to find out more about them and in particular helen uh, and the role she played in bringing the work of gilbert sullivan to a much wider audience oh, there was a side benefit uh, of doing this uh, performance and that was uh, i did a lot better in the local gns quizzes <laughs> because uh, <clears throat> yes uh, the local GNS Society always has a weekly quiz and quite often one or two of the topics revolve around obviously Gilbert and Sullivan. And uh, yes. uh, let's just say that uh, oh, last September, October, I was really struggling. And uh, I'd like to think now that, uh, yeah, coming up to May, um, I'm probably one of the better performers oh, at GNS quizzes. Well done. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Mike. It's been lovely um, talking today about, about your role in the show. Um, Gilbert and Sullivan's Improbable New Musical and Helen is available to stream from the 28th of May as part of the Brighton Fringe. Tickets are available online from brightonfringe.org and both the script and the vocal score are available from Amazon. So we'll finish off uh, with one of the songs that uh, Mike referenced earlier. So go to him and say to him, which is sung in this show as a duet between Sullivan and Helen. Sing hey to you, good day to you, sing ba to you, ha ha to you, sing ba to you, poo poo to you, that's what you should say. Sing hey to you, good day to you, sing ba to you, ha ha to you, sing ba to you, and that's what you should say. Ba and that's what you should say. Ba boo ba boo, and that's what you should say.